Hallelujah. Why don't you appreciate the Lord? so much Bishop Ogo for those kind ways. Shall we pray? Father thank you for another opportunity to fellowship together with your people we are grateful unto you Holy Spirit for your presence and your guidance in Jesus name Amen You may be seated Hallelujah now, this afternoon, I want to speak on how to train lay workers. How to train lay workers. Hallelujah. Amen. Yesterday, I shared with you on the importance of implementing the lay ministry strategy. If you want to become a shepherd of many people. How many of you were here yesterday in the morning? And um, um, the lay ministry will help you to become a shepherd of many people. And also a good shepherd. Because one of the ways to shepherd is to have a lot of people helping you. As a matter of fact, you will not be able to have a certain type of ministry if you don't have many people helping you. Yeah. You know, you need to have a lot of people helping you. And it is only through the lay ministry that that can be done. I started talking to you about what happens when the lay ministry is not deployed. You know, I gave you one reason. And the reason was that you die out of the burden. And I showed you from the scriptures how the ministry is burdensome. You know. And uh, so, so I want you to really, really okay, add this principle to the arsenal of wisdom that you are receiving at this conference. Hallelujah. I wanted to give you more things that happen if you don't use the lay ministry, but get a book. I introduced it to you yesterday. Like us. Buy it as a single book or I hope you are getting the, the Macarius. How many of you have gotten the Macarius already? Can I see your hand? Please try and get the Macarius. Otherwise, your presence at this conference will not be complete. And I continue to study uh, this book and you'll be blessed. I want to launch straight into how to train lay workers. Amen. Because, you know, as by the grace of God, I've had the opportunity of moving around especially many of our missions and all that, one of the things that I see not helping the pastors is the fact that they don't have anybody. And you hear pastors make comments like, I don't have anybody. I don't have anybody. 
Now, what you must understand is that helpers do not fall from heaven. Helpers do not fall from heaven. And you cannot, you know, it is unethical, even though some of you do it, it's unethical for you to poach other pastors' helpers. So maybe you are invited to a church, you see a very good keyboardist. Do you understand it? Then after the service, you find a way of linking up with the person. And before long, the person is now coming to your church. That is not the way to have helpers. Hallelujah. There is a way you can have lay helpers, lay workers, volunteers, lay pastors, lay men, hmm? lay men, lay people, lay pastors, volunteers helping you in your church. And that is what I want us to discuss this afternoon. Hallelujah. Amen. Number one. You as a pastor must understand that one of your main jobs is the training of your members to help you in the ministry. It is one of the main jobs of a pastor. Yeah. They are, they are, they are, they are, you know, a couple of major jobs for a pastor. One of it is the way, the study of the way. Another one is prayer. All right. And another one is training. Training. How many of you want to have lay workers? All right. The ordinary Christian who is sitting at your church, one of the reasons why God has given that ordinary Christian to you is for you to train that person to become a powerful worker. A powerful worker in your church. Like I was saying yesterday, your traders, your businessmen, your doctors, your engineers, your teachers, your civil servants, your students, they are the workers that God has given to you. Don't, 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 don't be looking anywhere. If you can value them and if you can pay the price of raising them up, you are going to have so many people. I've just started a new church. It's been two months. Yeah. Last Sunday, I had a meeting. And I told a few persons that I have. I said, where are the potential shepherds? It is training time. And when we put the list together, the different people put the list together. We had about 120 people. And I was so happy. 120 people. And I said, the coming Sunday, I'm going to meet them. And I'm going to tell them that it is time for training to start. 
Hallelujah. So understand that training of lay workers, training of leaders, training of potential leaders is one of your main jobs. And this is what Jesus did. Mark chapter 3 from verse 13. Mark chapter 3 from verse 13. Hallelujah. And he goeth up. And he goeth up unto a mountain and called unto him whom he would. And they came unto him. And he ordained twelve. Watch this. And he ordained twelve. For what purpose? That they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach continue and to have power to his sicknesses and to cast devils you see two stages there three stages number one go back to verse 13 and he goeth up Verse 13, and he goeth up unto a mountain and called unto him whom he would. That was the first thing he selected. Alright? And they came unto him. He selected. Number two, and he ordained twelve that they should be with him. Number two, and number three, and that he would send them forth to preach, to heal, and to cast out devils. Now watch this. Before he will release them to go and preach and to teach and to cast out devils or before he will release them to do practical ministry, they had to be with him. For what purpose? So that he will train them. Many of you have sent people who have disappointed you. They couldn't do the work that you gave them to do. Do you understand it? Because you did not train them. Sometimes you look at people the way they speak in tongues and you decide that this one, this one, he can lead the prayer ministry. But the volume or the style or the tone of tongues it's not an indication of one's ability to do practical ministry. Yeah. No. Amen. Before Jesus sent them, he gathered them to be with him. He gathered them. The disciples were ordinary men like all of us. Peter and Andrew, about seven of the apostles, seven to eight or nine of them were all fishermen. They were fishermen. Matthew was a, a, a custom uh, task collector. One or two people. Most of them. Most of them. Amen? Were fishermen. And after three years, these fishermen turned the whole world upside down. Watch this. 
Jesus preached, they preached. Jesus taught, they taught. Jesus healed, they healed. Jesus cast out devils, they cast out demons. Jesus raised the dead, they raised the dead. Why? Because what he had, he had imparted to them. The workers that you need are the ordinary people that God has given to you. Turn them into workers. Their responsibility lies on you. Next time, a year by this time, after this conference, if I meet you and you tell me, Bishop, I don't have workers, I'll call the police to arrest you. You have not done your work well. Bishop Oedipo says that if after five years or so in the church, passing the church, you still have a few people, a few people, 20, 30, he says, go to the police station and report yourself. <laughs> Amen. Now watch this. What is what the fivefold ministry, apostles, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why has God ordained these people in the church? Is it today God is going to show you your real work? Many of you are not doing your real work. Many of you are not doing your real. How many of you are pastors? Pastors. I'm sure at this conference we have pastors, we have apostles, we have prophets, founders of churches and all that. Why do we exist? Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11. Can you give me the... Yeah. Let's start with King James first. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, look at the scripture again. The Bible says, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave gifts unto men. He gave some as apostles. Alright. Some as prophets. Some as evangelists. Some as pastors and teachers. And uh, a simple way of remembering this fivefold ministry is the, the fingers of your hand. Alright. Apostles have all the gifts. They are able to do everything. A true apostle is a prophet, is an evangelist, is a pastor, is a teacher, everything. So the apostle is represented by the big tongue because it can touch all the other fingers. It can touch all of them. Alright? The prophet is the one that declares the purposes of God. 
And he stands and says, That said the Lord. That said the Lord. That said the Lord. Isn't that what you used to point? That's a prophet for you there. The evangelist is the one who labors in the city, labors in the towns, labors in the villages. He goes to the furthermost places where most people don't go. Alright? This is the evangelist. It is the longest of them all. It reached further than all of them. The evangelist. This one. He goes everywhere. He goes to Wale Wale. He goes to Paga. He goes to... Most of us, we are just around. Because we are not evangelists. You see Bishop Doug, when we hear South Africa, when you hear uh, Mozambique, when you hear Zambia, different places. That's evangelists. Alright. The pastor is the one that loves the sheep. He cares for the sheep. He shows love to the sheep. He's the one who comforts the sheep. Do you understand it? And he's represented by the ring figure because the ring, this is where we put the ring. The ring represents love, caring, togetherness. We are happy. Everything is okay. So this is a pastor. Amen. The teacher is the one that the scripture that you and I we know. We say we know. We say we know John 3.16. When the teacher stands here, as he's speaking and explaining John 3.16, we'll be wondering where, where does he have these revelations for? He's able to to take the scriptures, go to different corners of the scripture, you know, and it's represented by the little finger because the little finger is what is able to enter our ear and able to remove you know, remove all the all the dead go into the different corners. Are you clapping your hands for the Lord? So the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. But the question is, why has God ordained this, what we call the fivefold ministry offices? The Bible says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, you must understand that the Bible translators, they try to put in, um, how do you call this? So, punctuation marks, okay, this type of the commas and the rest, to sort of help us make sense of the scriptures. In the original writings, they were not there. So sometimes, where they place the things sort of distort the scriptures a lot. Now, if you look at this scripture, what it says that for the perfection of the saints, number one, for the work of the ministry, number two, for the edifying of the body of Christ, number three. So it looks as if that you know, the saints have three work that they are doing. But when you remove the commas, when you remove the commas, this is what he says. Alright? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So, so, the fivefold ministry are there 
to perfect the saints for the work of the ministry so that the body of Christ, what is the body of Christ? The church. So that the church will be edified. The word edified means to build up. So for the for your church to be built up, you need your ordinary saints, Christians, to be equipped so that they will do the work. The NIV makes it a little easier. Look at the NIV. No, start from verse 11. Verse 11. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So the reason why you are a pastor, the reason why you are an evangelist, the reason why you are a prophet, the reason why you are an apostle, the reason why you are a teacher is so that you will prepare God's people that he has given you in your church for works of service. How many of you understand that? Yeah. I am talking about how to train lay workers. And I'm saying, number one, you must have this understanding that this is your main work. It's because many of you don't train anybody. You don't train anybody. You don't train anybody. Some of you have suffered major problems in your church because you brought other people's workers into your church. Yeah. You see a young man who has about seven certificates. He says he has gone to Bible school. Seven certificates. Every one of the Bible school is one week. One week. And he has come. That's it. It's when he speaks in tongues. Mahaya atunde sete. Bukari moshete. So become a prayer warrior. No. Listen. You must work. God has called you. And God expects you to work with the sons and daughters that have come out of your own loins. In Genesis chapter 14, when Abraham eh, Abraham's cousin was attacked, Abraham rose up, alright, and gathered an army of people in his own household. The Bible says that your children shall fight your enemy at the gates. Not somebody's children, your children. Do you get it? Yeah. Be very careful to just, you know, allow cockroaches, lizards, monkeys, snakes who are walking all over the place to find their way into your church. Many of those people, they come with only one motivation. After about six months, they want to carry your people away. Yeah. You, you, cannot, you cannot come from anywhere to be a, a pastor in Lighthouse. No, no. 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 No, 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 no. At all. We have a pastor now, very successful, 
very, very successful. You know, all over different countries, preaching, promoting Bishop's books, has a huge ministry. I remember many years ago, he came to our church at Tema. I was assisting Bishop Sam. By the way, has Bishop Sam come? Eh? Please. Listen to that man. God, that is a very great man of God. Wow. Uh, that's my pastor. That's my pastor. I assisted him for many years. He taught me many things about pastoral work. Yeah? Very anointed. We were the one this young man came with about seven certificates. He showed it to us and said he wants to be a pastor in the church. So we told him, no. If you want to be a pastor in the church, join the church. Join the church. Ordinary church member will train you. He joined the church at about two years or so, a year or two years. You know, we sent him to the Bible school. He went to the Bible school, passed out as the best student of his time. All right? And since that time has been in the ministry, doing very, very well. You see, the fact that he even agreed to stay in the church was a sign. So the point I'm trying to make is that it is a mistake. In Acts chapter 1, when they wanted to replace Judas, alright, look at it, Acts chapter 1, from about verse um, let's pick up from about verse 18 now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong he burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out and it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem in so much that that field is called in their proper tongue as Saldama, that is to say the field of blood. For it is written of the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein and his bishopric let another take. May no one replace you in the ministry in the name of Jesus. I said may nobody replace you in the ministry in the name of Jesus. Any mistake that we have made that has made the Lord to change his mind about you. May the Lord have mercy upon you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Stand in your place. Thank you. Verse 21. Wherefore of this man, watch this. Wherefore of this man which has companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us Beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken out from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. They wanted to choose and they said the criteria is the main criteria is let's choose somebody who has been with us all this while. Let's choose someone who has been with us all this while. Hallelujah. So don't just go about 
collecting other people's workers, you know, and no, 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 no. Train your own. I want it to be set in your heart that that is one of your main jobs. Training. Training. Equipping. You must equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That is your job. And that is what Jesus did. Hallelujah. Number two. Number two. I'm talking about how to train workers. Number one is that you yourself, you must understand that that is one of your main jobs. Number two. Deploy the strategy of the pineapple patch. Deploy or make use of the strategy of the pineapple patch. Make use of the strategy of the pineapple patch. Now, this is another book that I'd like to recommend to you. What it means to become a shepherd is one of the greatest training tools, training manuals you must have. Get this book, study it, you understand who is a shepherd, who is a leader, how to train them, and all that. Now, in this book, Bishop Dark relates an experience. He calls it the pineapple patch. And I want to read it to you. Are you listening to me? He said, one day, as I was walking on a hillside, I saw something which I want to share with you. I was praying in tongues and walking along a footpath on one of the hills in Ghana. The entire hillside was covered with wild bushes and tall, untamed grass. As I walked along, I saw a session within the wild grass measuring about 20 meters by 20 meters. In that particular session, there were neatly planted pineapple plants. I could see the baby pineapple sprouting. That section of the hillside was very different from the rest of the surroundings. Are you getting the picture? So everywhere was bushy, wild untamed grass, but somewhere in a section of it had neatly planted pineapple plants. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, that section of the hillside is different because certain seeds have been planted there. That area of the hillside is different because some special investment has been made on that patch of ground. The Lord told me that the rest of the hillside can be likened to the general congregation which received the general rainfall. The special patch of ground which was yielding pineapples can be likened to the leadership of the church. 
If you invest in a particular area, it will yield what you want it to yield. Many people do not invest in their leaders. If you invest in potential leaders, you will harvest a crop of well-seasoned leaders. I spend more time with my leaders than I do with the general congregation. The teachings in this book are examples of some of the things I've taught ordinary people over the years. This investment has turned many people into shepherds. Invest especially in leaders and potential pastors and they will grow up to become great ministers. So, the principle of the pineapple patch means invest in potential leaders and in leaders. And that if you select part of your congregation and you intentionally and consciously listen to the words intentionally and consciously alright invest in them in terms of training you are going to have a group of people who will be totally different from the rest of the congregation the principle of the pineapple patch if you want to have workers invest invest your time invest your energy invest resources invest love invest being around them invest in books I keep telling you that I've just started my new church and uh, we have been fasting and praying and every evening when we close I give them books yeah. a book that costs 60 Ghana cities I give hundreds of them every evening I ask who are not here the other time do you have one of this come get it get it get it get it what am I doing I'm investing I'm investing I'm investing don't be angry with me if in a few months time you see me with some powerful people so that is the second thing use the strategy of the pineapple patch after this conference go into your congregation and I'm going to show you the people that you should select select them and invest in them you know listen to me one of the things that you should do in ministry is to use the revelation of successful people one of the statements that I read maybe you didn't catch it but I want to say it to you again Bishop Dark said I spend more time with my leaders than the general congregation that's a, that's a major key that's a major key you see some, some of you, you you spend most of your time with the rich people in the church and the important people and the influential people. I 
And most of the rich people, most of the influential people, they don't have time to help you to do what you want to do. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. How many of you agree with that? Yeah. They just come out of the grace, they sit in their car, they are off. By the way, most rich people don't help much in the church. Even they don't give much. Yeah. The poorer people give more. The rich people give. I mean, a rich person, the whole year, may give, let's say, 5,000. Once, some 5,000. That's it. If you put what the poor people give, that's why you should not despise the poor people. That's another topic altogether. The gospel is for the poor. In Matthew 11, when John sent to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah? He told them, go and tell John what you are seeing. The blind are seeing, the lame are walking, the dumb is speaking, the deaf are hearing, eh? the paralytic are walking one more time, the dead are being raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Amen. Spend time. Spend time. Hallelujah. Spend time. Invest. Invest. And you are going to reap. You are going to reap. Now listen to the to the, to the vision, the, the, the revelation. He saw a large area of grass, bushes, but there was a segment where things were happening properly. It came through investment. Hallelujah. Number three. Select potential leaders. Select potential leaders. In chapter nine of this book, what it means to become a shepherd, Bishop Doug teaches on the essential features of potential leaders. That is, of all the people that you have, who are the people that you should choose? Just like Jesus chose the twelve to train them. Who are these people that you should choose? How many of you understand that? Alright. Now get this book. Very important. Chapter 9. Amen. Number one, a personal relationship with God. Somebody who has a personal relationship with God is a potential leader. Number two, the interest in listening to preaching tapes and watching word videos. So your members that you see, eh, they are listening to, to your preaching. When you preach, they listen to it. They are listening to other anointed men of God. They are watching videos. When, when, when they are passing by and you take their iPad, it's not pornography that they are watching. It's not ukumbwaja. But they are watching Christian videos. It is a sign. It is a sign that they are interested in the things of God. 
Now, you don't need to write. Just get a book. Don't, don't write anything. I'm just giving you the headlines. Just buy it. Don't write. Number three. So that you can listen. Number three. Huh? The personal fasting life of the person. The personal fasting life. You can see people who like to fast on their own. There are people that when we say that it's fasting, they, they stop coming to church. Yeah. But you see people, they like to fast on their own. When you declare a period of fasting, they are around. And fasting is a spiritual thing. So it is a sign that this person is spiritual. He's a good candidate to select. Hallelujah. I am talking about how to train lay workers. Number one, step number one. Know that it is your main responsibility, one of your main responsibilities. Number two, use the principle or the strategy of the pineapple patch. In other words, be ready to invest in people. Number three, just like Jesus, select potential leaders. How do you select them? I'm giving you a science. A person who has a personal relationship with God. A person who is interested in preaching videos, preaching messages. A person who has a personal fasting life. Next one. Availability for the work. Availability for the work. What does that mean? Somebody that, generally speaking, is around. When you close the service, when most people rush out, the person is there. Some people come to the pastor, is there anything to do? Pastor, can I do anything? Is there anything to do? If you want people to send them, they are there. They are available. And available doesn't mean that they don't have anything to do in their lives. No. They, they could be doctors. They could be busy accountants. They could be busy market women. But because of the love of the things of God, when they come to church, they want to stay around to do something. Availability. When you see such people, they are good candidates to be picked. Amen? There are so many scriptures attached to every point, but I don't have time to go through them. Number five, the individual's financial input to the church. It's very key. Why is this important? The individual's financial input. Jesus said, where your treasure is, that is also where your heart will be. I got what I'm saying. Yeah. Somebody who gives offerings, who pays tithes, who gives to the church, alright, it is a sign that this person is interested in the work of God, wants to support it, wants to make the work happen, wants to, wants to let the work continue. In our churches, if we are a shepherd and especially a pastor, you don't pay tithe. You, you cannot be a pastor. If we are appointed you as a pastor, we rise, don't pay tithe. We'll, 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 we'll remove you. 
you are showing that your heart is somewhere else. It's very important. It's very, very important. There is also a, there is also a link between faithfulness eh, when it comes to money to spirituality. Watch this. Luke 16 from verse 10. Look at what Jesus said. Luke 16. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been, watch this. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And the, what are the true riches? The true riches are the anointings of God, the graces of God, the gifts of God, the power of God, the wonderful things of God. And Jesus said, if you cannot handle money faithfully, who can give you the true riches? And who will give you the true riches? So there's a connection between people's attitude towards money, okay, and their spirituality. So when you see somebody who pays their tithes, who gives offerings regularly, supports you financially, that person is a good potential leader. Yeah. And in the same way, there are people who talk big. Oh, the work must go on. We, we need better speakers. They have money, but they never give anything. It is, is it what the person is showing is that the person, the person's money eh, does not direct him to spirituality. Some people give a lot of money to old boys associations, uh, parties, political parties, all kinds of, but not to the church. Hallelujah. Are you here? You've gone home. Alright. Next one. People handling skills. People handling skills. What does it mean? How do they relate? When you give them people, alright, how do they relate to them? How do they handle them? Do they insult them? There are some people, when you make them ashes, they drive people away. Oh yeah. You know, many times, we the pastors, we don't know that there are some things that affect the church. It's not only the preaching on, but there are some other things that affect the church. When you have a wrong usher who squeezes his face, who puts people at places and keeps on moving them. Eh? One time, in a church, there was a prominent person. A prominent person. Who used to attend the church. And the person came in for a ceremony. And was ushered to somewhere. After a while, the person was moved to another place. Shortly after, the person was moved to another place. The person was moved about five times. That was the last time the person came to that church. Yes. And you see, you must train people. In my new church, on Sundays, I come to stand, the, the entrance is here, so I come to stand there, and the ashes are here. Alright? And I teach them practically how to receive the people and how to arrange them. 
I, I tell them we have one, two, three, four, so many columns. I say, let's fill this one space. Leave, leave this one and leave this one. Let's fill this one space. Now, when I turn for five minutes, they have scattered the people all over. And then when I speak to them, they'll be running to go and push the people. I said, don't move people. Don't move people. But the point I'm trying to make is that, you see, this is how untrained people. <laughs> this is how untrained people. You have to train them. You have to train them. Otherwise, if you don't train, come. You meet an usher. Like, come off your, your distance. Your, it's coming to church. Before you realize this, you're untrained, usher said. Thank you. So, 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 how did they handle the little, little tax that we have given them? Okay, you said the person should help in counting the church's offerings. The last three weeks that this person came dead, the offering is finished, and you are going to make such a person a leader. No. So, people handling skills. People who handle people well. Who apply themselves to the things that you give to them. They are good candidates to select. Are you clapping your hands for the Lord? Preaching and teaching skills. Preaching and teaching skills. They are giving a person a little fellowship. How does a person go about it? Is he jumping all over the place? Hey, some people, be careful you don't give them opportunity. <laughs> I tell you, you, are, you can't preach that they say he should stand in and preach. When he stands there, you say, Mayandu Shihaya. This is the day that the Lord has made. You know, some of us, it's not because we don't know how to preach. But it's because we have decided that we will submit. That's why when pastor is around, we sit down quietly. But it's not because we don't know how to preach. Yeah. And today, I thank God that finally, by the grace of God, the Lord himself has made a way where there seems to be known. And we are going to be blessed. I know you are going to be blessed. Ah, brother, stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Turn like this. And turn like this again. I saw it. I saw it. The Lord is about to turn your life around. Small two minutes. Two minutes opportunity to, to, to stand in. Look at what he's doing. When you see such a person, you must be like Saul. The Bible said that, and from that time, Saul eyed David. Hallelujah. Amen. You see somebody, 
When you give the person opportunity to preach, he stands and say, Last week, this is what Pastor preached. I just want us to go over the points. Pastor said, Point number one. Point number one. And I think that what he said was very important. We, we need to listen to it. Pastor said, Point number two. Such a person. Is a person with the. That's the right person. That's the right person. This other one that I described, he will start his church in three weeks. Are you here? You go home. Hmm? Next one. An interest in evangelism. Yeah. People who are around you who are showing interest in evangelism. Okay, it's a sign. It's a sign. It's a potential leader. Next one. Visiting, counseling, and organizational skills or abilities. You know, there are people in the church, you have not even asked them to go and visit anybody. He said, oh, pastor, the other time I heard that sister Elizabeth, you know, is not well. And I went to visit her in your name. When I went, I sent your greetings that you asked me to come. They are interested in people. They advise people to follow you. These are all signs. Hallelujah. There are 15 of them. Get the book and continue. Clap your hands for the Lord. Next step. So step number one in training lay workers. Know that it is your responsibility. Step number two, deploy the principle of the pineapple patch. Step number three, select potential lay workers. I'll give you some of the signs. Okay? Step number four, set up a lay workers school. Set up a lay workers school. So after you have selected the people, now set up a school. In a serious lighthouse church, you have what is called a shepherd's school. Standard. Standard. Shepherd's school or shepherd's training program. Shepherd's school. Hallelujah. Do you get it? So tell these people that we have gathered that now we are going to start a school. I'm going to train you to become workers. When must you have this school? The best time is Sunday afternoon after church. Yeah. Pastors, pastors, you can do up to 70%, 70-80% of all the work that you, is required of you to do in a week on a Sunday. On a Sunday. That is why I want to ask you, what are you doing at home at 11 o'clock? You are finished preaching. You are at home. You are eating omutuo. Changing channels. 11 o'clock. What are you doing? What are you doing? All the members are available. You can do visitation. You can do uh, outreaches. 
You can train people. What are you doing at home? Go around. You see most churches by 11, 12. There's nobody. People say lighthouse. When you go to church, what do you do? Ah, 10 p.m. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are we doing? This one of the things. Training potential leaders. Yeah. What are you doing at home? Pastor, Sunday is your main working day. Lift up your right hand. Say, Sunday is my main working day. Yeah. Sunday. I am one of the first to come to church. And I'm the last to leave. Yeah. Often when I come to church on Sunday, I leave on Monday. After midnight. We are training. Training. Keep them there. Keep them there. Expose them to the discipline of being around the church. The discipline of being around the church. And just, you know, breathing in. As they are walking around, they are breathing in the anointing that is around. They are breathing in the anointing. Yeah? Stop Sunday afternoon, Omutuo. Pastor, any pastor who is sitting down here that Sunday, 11 o'clock, 12, 1, 2, 3, you are at home. I, I, I doubt your calling. You are not serious. You are not. You are not. You are not. Yeah. You are not. When I finish preaching, these days I finish around 1 p.m. When the service starts late. When I finish preaching and I sit down to talk to people, counsel people, listen to people, by the time I'm lifting up my eyes like this, 4 o'clock, 5 p.m. Now, training. 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 Yes. I now take off my jacket. We are coming for training now. Use your Sundays. Use your Sundays. Let your wife go home. She doesn't have anything to do. And your wife must have something to do in the church. So that she'll be spiritual. Yes. But if it is becoming a problem, let her go with the children. You stay. Let her go and organize lunch and bring it. Stay there and teach them. 
training school Sunday. Sunday. I train potential shepherds. When I finish, I train church planters. When I finish, the older pastors, now it is time to retrain them. Amen. Another time for your your lay school is after your weekday service. How many of you have weekday service? Whether it is Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, when you close eight eight thirty, all right, it's time. It's time to do more training. It's time to do more training. Keep the people there to midnight. Keep them. Watch Ukumwaja. What is wrong with you? God has called you. God has called you know one of the reasons why many of us will be rude even in the ministry is not working hard. Give me church growth that is possible. One of the keys to church growth is working hard. Working hard. Yes. you find a chapter. Church growth and diligence. 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 The Bible said in Proverbs 12, 24, the diligence shall bear rule. But the slothful shall be under tribute. The slothful, the lazy, you always be down. And so many of us pastors, we are very lazy. Lazy! Lazy! But laziness in the ministry is a sure banker for failure and underachievement. One of the things about successful men of God is that they work a lot. And actually not even only men of God, but successful people in the world. They work a lot. They work a lot. Now, Bishop Dag, you pastor a church. You're having crusades all the time. You're releasing books all the time. You're organizing Pastors' conferences all the time. You are overseeing a worldwide ministry. How are you able to do it? Where do you get the time from? Because we all have 24 hours. Hello? We all have 24 hours. Bishop, do you pray in the midst of all this? And I've heard him several times say, I pray more now than ever before. Since morning, and as we are speaking right now, he's lying down on the floor in his church of his members. 
praying. Hard work. Hard work. You must work hard. Some of us are lazy. You can't pray. You can't study the scriptures. You can't go on evangelism. You give instruction for evangelism and then you stay at home. Do you get it? But you need to be diligent. And that diligent spirit, you must, you must transfer it to the members. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I gathered some new people. You know, I gathered some new people. The pastor says, they look like they can be potential shepherds. So I told them, I'm going to have a, meet, a meeting with you. I think I gave them like 2 o'clock or so. So, I was watching. By the time I went to meet them, I think it was about 5. These are new people. New people. So I told them, I'm going to train you to become leaders of the church. Now, when I spoke for about 30 minutes to one hour, as I looked at their faces, I said, look, this boy, I must release them to go because... I can see that they are suffering. They are suffering. But you give me a few months. These same people. These same people. I'll be there with them for three, three, three days. Strong. Do you understand it? Yeah. Now, what are the tools? Then apart from that, other times for, the, for your school is retreats. Have all day retreats. All day retreats. This Saturday, I'm having an all day retreat with hundreds of pastors and shepherds. And this is after I've had a convention Thursday, Friday. Thursday, Friday, I have a convention. Last week, convention. This week, I'm preaching here. I started preaching here yesterday. I'm preaching today. Tomorrow, I'm preaching. It's throughout. Then Saturday, early in the morning, 7 a.m., I'm of them. That's what I mean by hard work. And retreats. Where I'll teach them for hours. During such times, you can watch preaching videos. Yeah. If you want to teach them about loyalty, you yourself, you know, you don't understand the subject very well, bring a big screen, slot a loyalty series that Bishop Dark has done. Let's all sit down there and watch. It's part of the training. So use retreats, camp meetings. It's another time. Send your people away somewhere for three days, for two days, for one whole day. Camp somewhere and teach them. These are the times. Holidays. Sixth March. Sixth March. Plan for it. How many of you can understand what I'm talking about? What are the tools? Tools that you must you must use. What are the tools that you must use? Alright, where's Emmanuel? Get me some books. Alright. Now. One of the books that you need 
where's my what it means to become a shepherd okay now this is one of the books like us study it and teach them amen teach them what happens when there are no laymen and volunteers seven reasons why God operates through lay people seven things you must know about lay people why you must become a pastor how I operated as a lay pastor take them systematically through all these topics alright what it means to become a shepherd I'm talking to you about the tools you have started a school There's, you have made up your times is that also now you need a curriculum so I'm showing you the curriculum What is a shepherd? Why you must become a shepherd? Why you must become a shepherd? Teach them. One of the reasons why they must become a shepherd is because it is the natural stage of their spiritual development. Because Paul said that why for a time you ought to be teachers, you still have need to be taught what is the, the, the simple forms of the oracles of God. So there's a time when you ought to be teachers, a time that you don't have to be drinking milk, but chewing the strong bone and the meat of the ministry. So tell them, you have been sitting in this chair for three years. I've been teaching you, teaching you. It is time for you also to teach. Amen. How to become a shepherd. You teach them how to become a shepherd. One of the ways to become a shepherd is that you must have a desire. You must have a desire to serve the Lord. Yes. Another way is that you must not think about your own problems. You must think about the problems of another. Another way is that you must be available. Teach them how to become a shepherd. Sharing the burden. Different levels of the anointing. The ministry. Work or rest. You teach them. Seven ministries of appointment. The word appointment is the word shepherd or pastor. So what are the seven different things that a pastor does? One of the things is way making ministry. A pastor makes a way. When we are a pastor, you make a way for your members. There's a sister who has been sitting in the church for 10 years. She's not married. One of your things is that you should be looking. Is there any brother? Is there any brother somewhere? Is there any brother? When you find a nice brother, it's a way that you should be able to talk to the brother and bring her to the sister. You are making a way. It's called shepherdorial connections. Another ministry is territory taking. How do you take more territories? How do you expand the church? How to teach them all this? Amen? Hmm? Another topic. How to develop your ability to preach and teach. Bishop, that gives about 39 ways of preaching and teaching. So you teach them. You teach them how they must preach and teach. Your main, listen, your main tool as a pastor 
is your ability to preach and teach. Because Jesus said, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Your ability to preach and teach. That is why Bishop Ogo is able to keep you here from morning to the afternoon. Is it because as he's preaching and teaching, you, you, you don't feel bored, you are not yawning. I mean, you feel anointed, you feel inspiration, you are receiving revelation. But some of you, if we put you here to teach at this conference, after 15 minutes, people will be taking their books and they say they are going to weary and all that. Not they are going to weary you. Look, they can't, they can't start what we are saying. Amen? One of the things that you should do when you are preaching is that your preaching must be orderly. Orderly. We, we, must, we must follow what we are saying. So I told you yesterday, I taught you about why the lay ministry is important. And I said today, I'm going to teach you how to train lay workers. Why? Because lay workers don't fall from heaven. And I said, the people that you need, they are the congregation members. Now, how do you actually do the training? Number one, number two, number three, number four. Can you follow it? Yes. Some of you, when you come to stand to preach, say, praise the Lord. Today, my God, I'm going to teach you about something called the anointing. Everybody shout anointing. What? As for anointing. Anointing. Oja. Hey. Anointing. But, but, but you see, when the anointing is coming, and, and especially, I remember the other time, when his anointing, so that when the anointing is powerful and, and uh, you, you look at the anointing like that, and you analyze it, you, you realize that even, even rain, when rain is coming, it takes a certain end. The other time, when I drop, what are you saying? Amen? Do you understand it? One of the things that Bishop Dad teaches here to improve your teaching, when you are teaching, make eye contact. You have to look at the people. So I'm looking at all of you constantly. Why? Because Jesus said, feed my lambs. He didn't say, feed my giraffes. <laughs> giraffes, they are like this. It's not that you feed like this, but I say, feed my lambs. Another way of, of preaching nicely is that you must vary your tone. You must vary your tone. Because some of you, when you are preaching, you are like a commentator. Yes, and, and as for fasting, fasting is very powerful, and you have to fast. And when you fast, and then when it uh, fast, and you become lean, and you see the power, the power is flowing everywhere. And I see the power, and the power. Do you understand? But you say, as a as a Christian, one of the things you should do is to win the loss. Yes, Jesus came to die for sinners. If we don't preach to sinners. For sinners to be saved, they will die and go to hell. And I tell you, and I tell you, I tell you, 
Did you know that God says He will require their blood wow. out Donation. of your hand? Mm. Very. And your volume. So teach them. Teach them. All this is here. Then, give me, transform your pastoral ministry. Alright? What must you train them about? Why they must become shepherds? The lay ministry. Then now, teach them on four major areas. Prayer, visitation, counseling, interaction, and so on. And so on. Prayer. Teach them the importance of prayer. How they must pray. Why they must pray. Yes. them on prayer. Pastors, the ministry from A to Z is prayer. From A to Z is prayer. Yeah. Yes. Dr. Cho, the pastor of the largest church in the world, he said there are four things that you need to build a successful ministry. Number one, good administration. Number two, good preaching or a good sermon. Number three, a good cell system. And number four, prayer. Then he said, if somebody asked me, out of the four, which one will you drop? He said, I'll drop administration. I'll drop a good administration. I'll be left with good sermon, good cell system, and prayer. They said, in case somebody asks me, so out of the three, which one will you drop? Eh? He said, I'll drop a good cell system. I'll be left with good preaching and good prayer. And Dr. Cho, if you have to drop one of these two, which one will you drop? He said, I'll drop good preaching. He said, the first duty of a pastor is to pray. The second duty of a pastor is to pray. The third duty of a pastor is to pray. The fourth duty of a pastor is to pray. So teach your people to pray. And you yourself must pray. Prayer is a spirit. If you don't pray, your people will not pray. A prayerless pastor cannot have a praying congregation. For as the shepherd is, so are the sheep. Teach them on prayer. And in this book, Bishop Doug analyzes that subject and different topics for prayer and different things. Alright. Number two, visitation. Visitation. Many of you don't visit the ship. That is why you are able to spend time watching a lot of TV and moving around in the week. You have to visit your ship. Visitation is so powerful. One visit to your ship will establish them forever. Yeah. Just one visit. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, visited us on earth. 
for a few years. Two thousand years later, we are still connected to him. We have not left his church. We are still here. Amen? God visited Adam and Eve in the garden. In Genesis 18, God visited Abraham and Sarah and changed their circumstances. Prayer changes the life. It changes things about your sheep. And this is one of the things that Bishop God teaches here. How you must visit. There are principles of visiting. For example, you must teach them, don't visit alone. Don't visit alone. Teach them they must visit always in pairs. Two brothers or two sisters or a brother and a sister visiting. It is dangerous to visit alone. Teach them that they should not visit after a certain time. Don't visit when it is late. Teach them that they can combine work and visit. So they go to work on their way home. They can do one or two visits before they go. Visitation. Then teach them on interaction. 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 Mixing up with the sheep. Listen to this. The sign of a good shepherd is the fact that he smells of the sheep. He smells of the sheep. Do you smell of the sheep? Some of us, we behave as presidents and prime ministers. After preaching, your 12 bodyguards are around you. Nobody can approach you. Nobody can approach you. Are you a president? Are you an MP? Who are you? You are a pastor, a shepherd. So after church, let your members have access to you. Talk to them. Cancel them. Pray for them. Listen to them. These are things that you have to teach. At the end of the service, teach your, your, your potential leaders eh, on a principle called deep sea fishing. Deep sea fishing. So all of us sitting down here, we are the fishes in the deep sea. If you have a church like this, you may not know the people. You may know a few of them. But at the end of the service, you the pastor, together with your potential leaders that you are training, teach them that mingle, go into the congregation and particularly look out for strange faces, new faces, and talk to them. Shake somebody's hand. Introduce yourself. Ask them their names. Take their contact. You know, mess up with them. Deep sea fishing. Interaction. Hallelujah. You can break the work of a pastor into four points. PVCI. PVCI. Prayer, visitation, counseling. All right. Interaction. Counseling. Advice. 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 Cancel your members. Hallelujah. The Bible says, where there's no counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. 
Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Our members need godly counsel. They are receiving counseling from social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram has bombarded them. So when you meet them, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, guide them with the word of God. Give them godly counsel so that they can live properly as true believers. And teach your potential leaders how to do this. Then also teach them on soul winning. Soul winning. Soul winning. How do you win souls? Most Christians today cannot do person-to-person evangelism. No. They don't know how to do it. Person-to-person evangelism. They don't. But you should teach them how to do it. Hallelujah. This book. All right. Then, before you release them to go and do anything, Give them a heavy dose. Say a heavy dose. I can't hear you. Say a heavy dose. Give them a heavy dose on the doctrine of loyalty and disloyalty. Listen to me, pastors. All your efforts, man of God, all your efforts your training school, your retreats, your camp messages, all the things that you have done will amount to zero if the people are not loyal. If the people are not loyal. Yeah. Loyalty is the key to expansion. Never forget this. If you want your ministry to expand, you want to have more cells. Because even when you start cells in your church, all right, and the people are not loyal, they will turn the cells into their churches. You can't have branches. They are founders of churches. They have stopped planting churches. They are tired of people just taking over the churches. But there is a medicine. There's a medicine. To give them a heavy dose. And my advice to you, all right, because, you know, you yourself may not understand the message very well. There's a, there's a device. Yes, this one. Get this one. It's called Loyalty Collection. Ministers Training Video Series. Pastors, let me give you good advice. How many of you want good advice? Every time you want to tell your people something that you find it difficult to do, Okay, yeah, just gather them. If it's a church service, have a church service. So, today, I want us to listen to Bishop Dag. Bishop Dag is my father or one of my mentors, whatever. Okay, let's listen to him. Then you slot in the preaching and then you sit down. You sit down and allow him to speak. Now, as he's teaching, just be there. When they are clapping, you also clap. Do you understand it? And all the things that you cannot say, he will say everything for you. (laughs) 
So when you can say, praise the Lord. In fact, today Bishop Dad has taught us. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Yeah. So that is why these devices become important. Alright? There are other devices. The evangelists. The evangelists. Over 200 evangelistic sermons. Over 200 evangelistic sermons. Listen to them and use those same sermons for your crusades. Hallelujah. Then you have the charisma teaching series on the anointing. Powerful. Powerful. Teachings on the anointing. What is the anointing? How do you catch the anointing? Where, is the, where can you find the anointing? What are the steps to the anointing? Different things. Amen. The Makane, original. The camp message that Bishop Doug has preached all across the nations of the world. It's all here, available to you. All right. It's just a, a drive. You fix it in your car, your, your listening device, and then you are flowing. Gospel blitz. Power at the crusades. Miracles. You enjoy miracles. And that same amount will be transferred unto you. Amen. The Makane Iron. Alright. This one is a, a collection of all iron sharpened iron conference sermons. Wow. So all here. Hmm? And then the Makane Extra. The additional comes. So please get these devices. How many of you want God to make you a great shepherd? A great shepherd. Get the devices. Invest. Don't buy shoe anymore. Every pastor, you need only two pairs of shoes. Shirts, you need three. Trousers, you need three. Jacket, two. Ties, about three. It's finished. It's finished. The ladies need a little more. We understand that. Yeah, yeah. But we the brothers. That's it. 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 This is my trousers. I've worn it <laughs> One of the quarrels that my wife has for me is that he said, look, you have this one. You have new ones. This one. This one. Then she'll collect and say, look, this one is already is look. It's already um, we are we are already in motion. We are in a comfortable lead with this one. Let, let's just go. then use the money to invest in gospel materials. Yeah. Some of you you are behind. You still take notes. We have stopped writing notes. Oh. Long time ago. I can see some of you. <laughs> Abba! We have stopped long time ago. You don't know what podcast is. You are always asking, where can I buy Bishop Dark's messages? He see this, his cassettes, he see this, you know. Look, all his messages, you can have it on your device. Every time he preaches, it comes automatically to you. How about all these things here? 
Dark God Mills. These are sites you can go to. Dark God Mills audio.org. All the audio messages are there. These are, these are websites. Yeah. And when you go there, you can download them also. Then uh, we have Dark God Mills podcasts. Podcasts. Listen to the latest audio messages. Then darkwordnessbooks.org. Get all the books. Healing Jesus TV. Where you hear him speaking. Try the whole day to get off other great men of God. Darkwordnessvideos.org. Watch videos. Download free videos. You are still walking around saying that, where can I get a series? Where can I get a series? They are available. Hallelujah. Loyalty and disloyalty. I am saying that all your efforts in training will be equal to zero if you don't baptize the people. Baptize your mom. Who better be crowd for be salmon? Salmon loyalty. None of this loyalty. For be good way, Muna Omutwana. Fasano. Don't joke with it, though. Don't joke with it. In 2013, when I did a major research work on church planting in Ghana, 90% of the charismatic church has been affected by the canker of disloyalty. Yeah. One, one man of God, a main man of God, when I interviewed him, he said, he said Bishop Interfo, disloyalty is a charismatic canker. That, that is how he summed up the whole Man of God. And I'm saying that you may not understand it yourself. So get this, listen, and you know, yeah, listen. Watch. Bishop Dag say, Bishop Dag say, say me preaching I want taking notes. So we are this lawyer. So, no. A beer can say, Amen. No one could come anymore. We are this lawyer. You're not making sure that maker. You ain't not. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So, by the time you teach them all these things, they'll be ready. Step number six. Release them to do practical ministry. I don't know whether it's number six or number seven. Number seven, eh? Number five. Number five. Release them to do practical ministry. Give them something to do. Let them do sales. Let them be leaders of fellowships. Let them be leaders of ministries. Send them out to go and start churches. Send them out to go and start churches. Yes. Don't let them sit around. Your members will respect you more when they start to do the ministry. Oh, yes. When they start to do the practical, they will respect you more because ministry is big from what you are. church? After three months, we'll get our members bear two. 
Ohua, best salute too, sir. Yes. Because you see, sometimes when they sit in the chair for a long time, they even feel that they can preach better than you. Oh, they, 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 they can preach better than you. But when they are preaching, oh, this one we know it. But when he goes on the field and comes into contact with the realities of men, they will respect you. They will become more loyal. They will become more humble. So release them. Release them. Don't be insecure. Release them. From day one. Bishop Dag has released us. We all used to be with him at the Colorado Cathedral. I remember one day we were praying in the Legon Gardens. Then he called us. He said, from today, I'm sending one of you away. Yeah. We're not happy at all. But he didn't like us. Yeah. But he was training us into the sea so that we could learn how to swim. Hallelujah. How to train lay workers. Give the Lord a wonderful clap of applause. How many of you can train lay workers? How many of you can train them? Number one, know that it is your responsibility. It is. What is number two? Deploy the strategy of the whole pineapple patch. Number three is what? Select potential hot leaders. Number four is what? Set up a lay workers school. How many of you read that? It's very important. And I gave you the times. Sundays, weekdays, retreats, holidays, camp meetings, and I'll give you the curriculum, what to teach them. Get, get these sets. Get them. Get this. Lycos. Get what it means to become a shepherd. And they are all here. When you, when you buy them one, 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 you are wasting money. Because they cost far less in the Macarius. Huh? Here. Transform your pastoral ministry. There's another one that uh, mega church. Give mega church. Alright? Take them through mega church. Do you understand it? In the mega, in the mega church, there are some powerful top, topics like um, retention evangelism. Retention evangelism. Where where you teach them how to keep the converts. How to keep the converts. The principle of follow-up. The principle of visitation. Different types of visits. Identification and location visits. Do you see? ABA visit. Anakazo, Biazo, Anadea visit. Well visit. Where you visit them and through your visit, you share the word of God with them. You show love. You pray with them. Different types of visits. How to develop committed members. How to develop permanent members. These are all here. So teach them. And then, just before you release them, now, wow, bomo, where they are a drip. Where they are a drip. Wow, bomo, drip. No, don't joke with it, oh. 
Don't joke with it. Yeah. Of loyalty and disloyalty. And I believe that God is going to give you wonderful men and women who are going to help you in the ministry. May the Lord raise up for you ordinary people, teachers, civil servants, traders, businessmen, lawyers, doctors who are going to help you as volunteers in the ministry. Lift up your hands. Ask God to bless you with such workers. Ask God to bless you. Lift up your hands. Ask God to bless you. 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 Come on, lift up your hands. Oh, yes, Lord. Lift up your hands and pray. Pray. Say Lord, give me faithful men and women to help me. Give me lay workers. Yes. Help me to implement this wisdom that you have given to me. I want to see your two hands up. I want to hear you crying unto the Lord. Now, if you are here, you came with your pastor to this conference. You want to say, Bishop, I want to be a lay worker in my church. I want the Lord to raise me up to help my pastor. To be a lay leader, a lay worker. I want one day to become a lay pastor. I want to help my pastor. Come to the front. I'd like to pray for you. Quickly. I surrender all. Lift up your hands. Thank you. When I pray for you, go back. When I pray for you, go back. When I pray for you, go back. Yes. raise you up. May the Lord raise you up. Let them keep coming. Brother, brother, bring them, bring them, bring them. Powerful lay workers. God is going to raise you up. To work for the Lord. Help your pastor.
Yes. The grace to serve the Lord as a lay pastor, as a lay worker. Receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it. Faithful workers, faithful workers. Yes. 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 Let up your hands. Yes. Yes. provided for them Lord and anoint them to become great trainers of your people to equip the saints for the work of the ministry thank you Father for a release of multitudes of lay workers in all the churches who are available to serve you with these wonderful pastors we thank you, we give you praise in Jesus name Amen give the Lord a wonderful clap of praise and you may be seated